Yeah, g'day. How you going? Jack Rowland here, and welcome to my show, In Too Deep. If this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. I hope you're all well, happy, content, uh, and enjoying a bit more freedom. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Melanie Capel. She lives and breathes art, both creatively and professionally. Melanie is an artist, a curator, and an arts manager, and has worked in multiple capacities within the arts industry, including about a decade working in commercial galleries, which is awesome because she gives us uh, some really handy do's and don'ts for artists who want to approach commercial galleries in this chat. Melanie's creative practice spans from drawing, painting, a bit of photography, and lately she's been smashing out heaps of beautiful murals of native flora. Her works are incredibly beautiful, but she is also such a great resource for artists out there wanting to build and shape their career. Guys, if you're enjoying this free podcast and want to help me out, please spread the word with your mates, share it on social media, or give it a good review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show grow and would be greatly appreciated by me. Okie dokie, let's get to this fun and uplifting chat with the incredibly talented Melanie Cable. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. We don't apply. Bad luck. Oh, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 I'll tell you when we're getting in too deep, too deep, too deep. Melanie Capel, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm good, Jack. How are you? I'm pretty damn good. Um, sorry this has been so overdue, but um, I really appreciate you coming down and making the time. No, that's okay. It's kind of nice and I can come and see you without a mask. And oh my God, it's like... It feels first, a lot more free. It's the first day of no masks. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> it's like... Um, I feel like I've been, I mean, I, I agree with it all, but I feel like there's some kind of weird brainwashing that goes on where if you just don't wear a mask now, you actually, I actually feel like I'm breaking, doing something really wrong. I felt like that all this morning. Just, yeah, just feel like sorry for existing, you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't mean to infect you. Yeah, no. totally. So how, what's been keeping you sane throughout this fun, fun year? I feel like, um, like we've been so lucky that to have creative brains through the last couple of months. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's it took me a while to get used to lockdown, I think, especially that initial change of, okay, so all of these things are stopping and you're going to be at home for a long time. Same with everyone. Mm. Um, but it has actually been really nice chipping away at some commissions and I've ended up doing cool. some murals. Yeah. Yes, nice one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which has actually been really fun. I've, yeah. Have you managed to do murals during like lockdown and stuff? Because you're not, a, you're, you're, you weren't living in Melbourne during this whole one week yeah no I wasn't so I actually I know I did one in June yeah um but that was before like the really hardcore stage four and Mm. the ring of steel and stuff so I did one in Northcote in June and then yeah once all of that um hard lockdown came into place I escaped to Gippsland and I did two more murals down there which was nice like you know still had to wear the mask I was painting and all that sort of thing but it was nice to be outside and in the public and yeah. doing something positive and yeah, yeah. yeah. So you born and bred South Gippsland or yes? What's it like up there? It's it looks beautiful. Be- it really looks beautiful. Your studio looks like the best studio I think I've ever seen oh. ever. You've just got these. Oh, this looks amazing. You can come and visit now. I would love to. You guys yeah. should take yeah, a yeah, road yeah. trip for sure. Well, we we'll finally get round to doing that collaborate collaborative yes. mural we've always talked about i know mm. i'm really i'm actually really looking forward to that it's going to be nice having those sorts of options again which will be really good yeah yeah but yeah i was um born and raised on a dairy farm in oh South really Island. yes no shit. yeah <laughs> um and then yeah like my parents and sister and my partner and his family are all still down there great but i've always like my work has always um I guess, sort of been based mostly in Melbourne. So yep. I've always commuted between the two. Mm. Yeah. What was growing up on a dairy farm like? Um, Did you get involved? <laughs> yeah, got yeah. involved. I think my job when I was about eight or nine was to go down in the morning before school and spray the cow's teats for mastitis. For what? For mastitis. <laughs> What's that? It's where it's like um, pregnant <laughs> women can get it as well, but mm. it's when um, your udders can get infected from... From lactating, not being, from producing milk. Oh, right. Yeah. So you just give them a little spray. <laughs> <Like> spray <Yeah. laughs> them with like iodine solution. Anyway, it was nice. It's really beautiful. It was at times um, very solitary and isolating, but I quite mm. like solitary yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is beautiful. It's kind of nice having all that open space and yeah. 
Yeah. Did you guys get um, badly affected by the fires at all? Oh, thankfully. Um, so where I'm sort of based now, so my partner and I have a house um, and some property in Berries Creek, which is mm. between Moober North and Langatha. Um, and thankfully, South Gippsland stayed relatively green. So it's mostly right. sort of east and northeast Gippsland. It's, it's pretty big up there. Like it's big. Yeah. I oh, know right? Gippsland like spreads the whole sort of coast of Victoria. Right. Um, but close enough that, you know, we still had burnt gum leaves coming into our yard and things oh, like shit. that. And the smell of smoke was really intense. So the air quality would have just been like, did yeah. it get like blackout, like orange skies or anything like that? Not a, certainly not as bad as yeah. East Gippsland, yep. but yeah, eerie. Mm. Like, and eerie enough to know that if they didn't get under control, then you yep. know they sort of spread down. But yeah, thankfully lucky. But yeah, it's always sort of a bit high alert. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Man, that was scary. It was so scary, and it's so funny because it feels like such a long time now. But even the last week, like going from kind of cooler early spring weather to really hot it's sort of like something inside you goes okay like you yeah. gotta make sure everything's ready are the dams full uh right you know? yeah you gotta think like that yeah i i kind of really felt like i hate i hate to be doom and gloom and how bad is it how now now a beautiful day will make me think it shouldn't be like this you know yeah. all winter was like beautiful weather i found like it was a lot of um blue skies sun sun was out yeah. um which should be lovely but i just and then couldn't you go, we haven't had much rainfall yeah. yeah yeah totally that was kind of yeah i know i gotta get that out of my head because it's not healthy <laughs> to constantly think like that i know it is it, it is hard though like even for me it's really hard like i was thinking yesterday i was like i really like the warm i really like the humidity but i was like oh i hope it rains and mm. yeah 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 so when did you move down to melbourne um well what did I do? I moved to the UK for a year in oh, 2009. Great. Nice. Yeah. So London? From, yeah. So yeah. I went from like Lee to London. <laughs> and then when I was there, I kind of realized I wanted to study painting. So mm. I moved back to Melbourne at the very end of 2009 and started my undergrad in 2010, which is where I think I sort of saw you around for the first time. I was actually trying to work out where we first met because I, I think we like, I think I finished uni. When did you start uni? 2010. 2010. So I think I finished in 2009. Uh, sorry. Yeah, okay. So we must have just missed each other. Each other. But I was I was um, working at that cafe across the road from RMIT for like... A talk? Yeah. Yes. For like a decade of my life. Literally yes. like on and off for a decade. So I think we must have met around then because I can't quite remember when. And but. I spent a lot of time at Talk. Yeah. And I think that's why like when our social media worlds collided, I was like, oh yeah, no, Jack. Like whether we'd spoken about your work or something <laughs> or whatever while we're there. Yeah. Mm. Or you probably were like, oh, poor Melanie going through undergrad painting. Yeah. yeah. What, what, did you, <laughs> what, what, was, uh, what was your take on the undergrad? Did you enjoy it or? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you? I hated it, but um, I totally see the value of it. Yeah, um, and yeah. I and I got a lot out of that. And I mean, I was just a I was just a little ratbag shit student. Like <laughs> I, I didn't really put in in high school, and I didn't yeah. really put in until probably the last six months of my degree. Yeah. So I don't. I can't really blame the uni or my lecturers for me hating it. I can just yeah. I mean, and timing for uni, and I think especially for an undergrad that has a lot of really conceptual stuff going on. Mm. It's hard when you're not many years out of high school, Yeah, you know, like yeah. life experience and all of that sort of stuff mm -hmm. feeds into it. And I was similar. Like I was glad that I had a couple of years under my belt before I started. Yep. But even still, I actually wish that I could go back and do it again now because I would I do get too. so much more out of it. I do in theory, but yeah. in actuality, <laughs> I really don't want to. But it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because like I finished high school uh, being like the best drawer of my year level and yeah. I thought I was really really good and then you go into uni and you're just another yeah. another one who's actually not that great compared to some of the other people so it was pretty weird I, I yeah weird. and I think I think a few years in between school and uni would would have been really beneficial because I had oh, a lot yeah. of growing up to do oh, did you, you know? and you went straight from school to uni no yeah. I had I had one year off but yeah. like I was just wanting to party and yeah. I, I thought <laughs> making $20 an hour at a cafe was like why would I waste time at uni when I could just be earning money and yeah. just like setting up your future dickhead but um <laughs> yeah that was um yeah it was funny and look I I found it was just really fast-paced I think too because 
the same. Like I was trying to put everything I could into uni, which was fairly draining. Like yeah. we did long studio hours. Um, and then, yeah, you know, waking up at six o'clock in the morning to make coffee. And mm. that's, mm-hmm. yeah. That was your uni job? That was my uni yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you end up like, we were like... By the end of it, we were sleeping in our studios. We were pretty much, I think they changed the rules where you weren't allowed there after a certain time after yeah. us, but we were literally sleeping under our desks and just like I living in there almost. I actually think there were some people who did do a few all-nighters. We mm. were there pretty late. Yeah. Like I think I never slept there, but there were some like midnight, Yeah. you know, <laughs> the yeah. security guard would come around and go, you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, we're okay. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's something nice about that though. Like it yeah. sounds horrible, but there's something very like – you know, the camaraderie of, of just oh, doing was. an all night, working your ass off and we're all in it and you know, yeah, we're egging each other on to do our best. But um, yeah. yeah. And there was certainly, you know, you didn't sort of get on with all the personalities, but I think there was that really nice general. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Art school is really just like a magnet for weirdos, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I say that with love. I'm one of, yes. I'm one of those weirdos. <laughs> Don't worry, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and it was funny for that too, especially coming from like such a small town. Langatha High School is very, very sport orientated. Right. And I was good at cross country and that was it. Otherwise I spent oh, nice a lot one. of time in the art room. Um, so I guess like that uni experience, I really felt like, it was where I belonged kind mm-hmm. of for the first time and with other people that were interested in things that I were interested in. And Great. Yeah, that was quite cool. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. What kind of work were you making in uni? Oh. Anything like what you're doing now or? It's actually, it's funny. Like there are some elements. Like when I was doing my um, Drawn Mountain series, I started beautiful, that. beautiful, by the way. Really, oh, yeah. Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, I started exploring that in like second year uni, mm-hmm. like just a little bit. And then I had a couple of works in my end of year, like end of um, graduation show. But, you know, first year it was all kind of rebellion and yeah. trying to be conceptual, all that sort of stuff. And then in second year, I kind of did a bit of a black flip and thought I want, want to actually teach myself how to draw yeah. and draw properly. And yeah. yeah. So like there is certainly like things that I do now that were informed by uni. Yep. And I'm kind of glad I got the rebellious stage out. Sometimes yeah, I, I wish I held on to a little bit of it sometimes, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make anything that you were just like looking back? You're like, what the fuck is that? There was a lot of weird stuff being made. There were a lot of weird stuff being made. A lot made. of found objects. Found objects. A lot of found objects. That was a very popular thing to that put on. That was popular. There yeah. was one, I know there was one girl that she didn't sleep for like a week and then documented her experiences of like, you know, not sleeping. Really? Yeah. To Whoa. reach another dimension. That was. That was what happened? <laughs> she just was very tired and her okay. body started to shut down. She didn't go into like psychosis or anything? Yeah, like, well, it, was, it was close to that. I can imagine. Sleep deprivation is not good. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no. Just some like. Probably some relatively good ideas that the actual like physical interpretation of them were actually just a lot of crap painting, but you know, yeah. it's a journey. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you, you studied, um, you're in the painting department, weren't you? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so weird cause I did first year drawing and, oh, um, wow. the drawing department was much more what I imagined a university to be. There's a lot more teaching you how to draw, teaching mm-hmm. you how to see and technical work. And then as soon as you go to the painting department, it's, it should be called the contemporary art department because yeah i think i even one of them said we teach you how to think not how to paint you can do that on on your own time yes yeah um, which you sort of you was, know it's a bit of a shock to the system <laughs> i thought i was going to go there and learn how to be a master i mean i was yeah. just so young and naive but yeah oh no I, was, I ended up being really super jealous of the kids that had done tafe first yeah okay because they came mm. out there were a couple of them that were in our year group and they actually learned how to paint um, and we, did you have Wayne Conduit as your painter? Yeah, we loved Wayne. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know how to paint. Yeah. Because did he do extra classes with you guys? Yep. He taught me yeah. how to color mix. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, rest in peace, Wayne. He's no longer oh. with us, but, um, he was, he was a legend. He was an yeah. absolute uh, legend. Yeah. He completely taught me how to color mix and I respond pretty well to tough love. So yeah. if I wasn't quite doing the work, he'd just be like. Jack, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah, just like, oh, don't waste my time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. get, get your ass into gear. So yeah, um, he was great. He was, um, he was, he was an OG. Yeah, yeah he was I know. Really good. If it wasn't, yeah, I think it was because of him. And it was funny because I did a few printmaking, 
electives and obviously a few drawing electives. But, yeah, I think that's why I wish I could do it again. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you went back to uni after the bachelor. You, you kind of oh, yeah. – your, your whole career and everything, you are all things art. You're an artist, <laughs> you run an art um, consulting agency, is it? Yeah, or... sort of cons- consulting, curating, management, yeah. And you've worked within or do you still work within the galleries? Um, I left, I was sort of in the commercial gallery industry mm-hmm. for about 10 years. Wow. Yeah, so in different capacities. Um, and then I was full-time from 2014 to the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, which was good. Like I, there are a lot of great artists you work with in the commercial realm. Um, every now and then I struggled with the commercial side of it. Yeah. Which, yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. I yeah. I could imagine. That, that must be such a great perspective though, being an artist and also just having all the different uh, angles covered really of, yeah. of how, how the machine works. Well, it was funny because when I finished my undergrad, I got into a master of fine art, an MFA. Oh, cool. And I did two months of it mm-hmm. and thought oh as much as you know this will probably be good for my own practice like I just felt like I wanted to be a bit more hands-on right and also to thinking about career-wise and longevity and stuff like that I thought you know this would be great but I would like to yeah sort of get to the nuts and bolts so I switched to a master's of arts management great and that was a year and a half two years can't remember so Um, at least you like had a bit of clarity because yeah yeah a lot of people keep studying for the sake of it you know Um, and I'm not I'm not not discouraging study. I mean, study's awesome. It um it helped me. It's um Yuri's done a master's and and a, and a, her honors. Yes. She'll probably do a PhD. I think it's great if that's what you want to do. But you know, you got to kind of accept that there's no there's no paycheck at the end of an, a fine arts <laughs> degree unless you unless no. you work your ass off and make one. Yes. Um. Yeah. So what was what was arts management like? What? It was really good actually, and I think I did it at RMIT again, and I really appreciated appreciated how hands-on they were Mm. um I've known some people that did a um an arts curatorship masters at the University of Melbourne um and they said that they probably didn't feel as equipped at the end of it okay yeah just because of uh, different ways to approach the degree um but it was good like I wrote a thesis on um ARIES like artists on initiatives in Melbourne and we sort of touched on community arts and different gallery systems and things like that but it sort of gave me the confidence to go okay like one of the things that I feel quite lucky is that I can sort of talk about art and write about art as well as paint. So a mm. lot of artists are really, you know, talking about themselves or art and practices are really daunting. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm shit at it. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Like I haven't, oh. I, I, yeah. Yuria, Yuria helps me write all my artist statements and English is her second language. So and oh. she, she corrects all, she corrects all my, was even at uni was correcting all my stuff. And She's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. She's a genius and I'm a dum-dum. That's seriously it. But, no, uh. but it is daunting and it, gosh, like even sometimes talking about my work, I get a bit daunted, but I found that I was really passionate about artist practice as a whole. And so to be able to facilitate that was really exciting. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love talking to people who, yeah, I mean, like yourself, who's made a career out of encouraging and fostering other artists. I think it's, uh, Mm. it's, it's necessary. And I mean, like it's, it's needed and it's, um, and it's admirable. I think it's, it's great because there's no roadmap to this art game. And I think, you know, after a while I kind of realized like, you know, I think many people wait, just end up sitting around waiting for the, for their big break. Yeah. And uh, I think it was probably only like the last maybe three years where I'm like, nah, I've got to, I've got to double down. And your work is amazing. And now you've Thank got representation you. and you can sort of like, I bet you can look back and see it and go, wow, you know, like this is the trajectory of my work and you know, now it's, mm. yeah, doing amazing shows. Yeah. Oh, cheers. I mean, yeah. ugh, it's I only ever see the um, the faults, you know. I think yeah. I think every artist does um, yeah, in my, I get that. Own, my own stuff. But um, so yeah, um, how's 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 your art practice going? It's actually um, it's been a really funny year. So yeah, I sort of like quit my or resigned from my commercial gallery life mm-hmm. at the end of last year with the intention of um, spending more time in my own practice. Yep. But also. I really wanted to, all the things that I loved about working in the arts, I wanted to sort of do on my own terms a bit, but also responding to a need where I found that a lot of artists needed 
all these different things for them, but not always commercial galleries could give them that. You know, mm. they have a stables of 40 artists sometimes and they can't yep. help with applications or whatever else. Um, or artists that are trying to make that step but have to write for grants and things and just go, oh my gosh, how the hell do I do that? Mm, yeah. Um, so I started Arts 11 at the start of January. Yeah, tell us about Arts 11. Um, yeah, it was like, it was really good. It was actually really super fun to brainstorm. And I basically like created this umbrella where I was like, right, you know, like I want to help artists and small arts orgs. We'll write for grants, build websites, mm. you know, do exhibition collateral and just make people feel really supported. Great. Um, then COVID happened <laughs> and I was working with this really great um, muralist street artist, Smo, who is based in Italy. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I saw your post about him. On, uh, on, um, yeah. So I've just been going through like your Instagram, oh, like <laughs> fanatically in the last couple of days. Just to, yeah. I like, what I, I saw has that. been doing? <laughs> yeah. It was great working with him and I had some. Yeah, he did cool, cool stuff. Yeah. yeah really been, cool stuff. He'd been in Australia before and had made some really good traction um, and we were applying for things to basically get him back mm -hmm. and he'd opened some doors on his own which was great so it was basically just rewriting things reconnecting with people um and there were a couple of other artists that i was doing similar work for then COVID happened and no one could go anywhere mm. and all the festivals we were applying for stopped and all the exhibitions stopped and residency stopped um but it was kind of interesting i actually oh, i applied for a grant through the australia council because i thought it'd be good to be able to offer services to artists for really heavily discounted rates mm -hmm. to try and get through that time but the osco grants were so so competitive that right. you know that's fine but weirdly at the same time my own practice started to gain a bit of traction yeah you've been killing it lately it, you've been doing so you. much stuff it's, it's it's awesome so many murals so yeah it's just beautiful thank you it's so funny it's like what you said there's i never really had a roadmap so now when someone says to me, oh, like, could you mock up a mural for here? I'm like, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> let me do that. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I was wondering what um, obviously festivals are stopping, um, opportunities are stopping, but I'm wondering um, with all your different perspectives on the art world, how, how the art world from your perspective has, has kind of coped through lockdown because mm. I've heard of – Many different artists who are still selling, which yeah. is probably because I think I guess people are locked at home and the financial recession hasn't quite happened yet. If it's going to happen, I hope it won't, but prob yeah. probably will. But um, yeah, how how have, how have you seen it all kind of unfold? It's funny. It's been kind of similar. I um, had a really great, great conversation with a gallerist a couple of months ago and she certainly said that. She said they have been flat out busy and they mm. said, but from – like if you think of commercial gallery clientele, they're like, well, they can't go helicopter skiing. They can't go to their summer house in France. <laughs> helicopter skiing. Yeah. It's like so it's an actual thing. <laughs> so, you know, people are buying paintings, which is really mm. great. Um, and that would feed through, you know, those artists that are represented, generating sales. That's really great. Um, I think too, even when exhibitions were on hold, obviously like um, – Public galleries were different, but I know from the commercial perspective, a lot of them were still hanging shows as the same, just without an audience. Yeah. And because it's so visual and because a lot of artists are working in, with visual platforms anyway, like Instagram websites, all that sort of stuff, it kind of was okay, I mm. think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the hardest part is people juggling creative practice is what employment they're supplementing that with. Right. And that's where the risk was, I think, for a lot of people. So JobKeeper was great. Yeah. Um, and even as for sole traders with ABNs, JobKeeper was great. Um, but, yeah, I just hope that it's sort of – now things sort of are re-emerging that it stays okay because I'm a bit scared too of that whole like recession prospect. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The only positive I can selfishly say is I hope housing prices go down and yeah. maybe maybe there'll be like a big – the banks will just be doing frivolous loans again yes, or something. Just, just please like, buy these properties. Yeah, exactly. You're like, sure. Something like that could be great but um, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, anyway. But, um, but people have been making some really cool – People have been making really cool things. And I guess like, I don't know how you found with pulling together your recent exhibition, having the like no social pressures yeah, and just having dedicated time to be able to work on 
things, whether it's an exhibition or work through ideas or whatever, I think was really good. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely positives that came out of lockdown for sure. I mean, it was quite refreshing to not have that fear of missing out constantly. And (laughs) I'm like a hyperactive little Jack Russell or something, you know, like I kind of constantly want to. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And and, I've just always hung over and. You're always doing cool stuff though. It's yeah. I I like it's It's fun, but it's, it's a bit, it's a bit (laughs) silly. It's nice to have a break. I'll I'll, I'll just say that was, was nice to have a, a bit of a break, but, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of weird, uh, in the lockdown because, um, my studio completely closed down so I couldn't go. So I was painting, uh, in my living room, which, um, I, I didn't really like. With oils. Yeah. Well, it was more that when I finish and I was sitting on the couch, I'm I'm always looking at my painting, so I can't really kind of switch off. And on top of that, it was like motivation was kind of not flowing. So you've got all this time, but the motivation isn't quite where it should be. And I don't know about you, but like I was really tired just from like processing all the new information all the time, just like managing all the other different things, worrying about different things. You know, it was really tiring some of it. Yeah. This whole year has been really like – the, the worry that we've all kind of come to just accept with mm. either being glued to COVID stats or glued to, I mean, I've just been a sucker for being glued to like Donald Trump's oh. rampage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it is kind of now that's, it was weird. There was like one week when I think Trump lost the election yeah. and then our numbers in Australia were like down to like, three active yes. case, or active case in victoria yeah and i just felt light yeah. i was like oh my god like <laughs> the world is changing things are gonna be yeah. okay and I, I didn't actually realize how like how much anxiety or, or whatever or tension i was holding on to yeah until yeah. that that week it was it was strange yeah and i think too like everyone was juggling a bit. The interesting things for me that rolled over is I teach um, drawing and painting through CAE Mm -hmm. and they moved everything online, which was great. So it was kind of cool. So I was teaching drawing and everyone would like come onto the Zoom and, you know, it was actually really lovely. Doing doing Zoom teaching. Zoom teaching. What does that look like? Like... Do you just I, kind of set up a camera and, and draw with them or you just like instruct? I'd prepare videos. Uh-huh. So sometimes I'd play the video and they'd watch me draw something. I did a lot of like share portion of the screen and use the cursor just to show how to, you know, approach cool. different elements of the drawing. But it ended up being a really lovely thing. Just everyone in their lounge rooms logging online at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, for example. Mm. Um and working through drawing and we also split up like what might have been a five-hour intensive class we split up into two two and a half hour sessions just to make it a bit more accessible um but also that like by the time i was juggling painting and murals and then suddenly i'm like oh yeah i've got to do three hours of teaching like over here and then like there was i think yeah i don't know how you juggle everything hey (laughs) (laughs) you do a lot (laughs) yeah um and then you know my partner was working from home and i've got a 12 year old stepson he was homeschooling for a term so were you involved in that yes yes um yeah how'd you go we were everyone was glad when school went back (laughs) (laughs) i bet i bet them as well they're like oh my gosh my friends Mm. you know and they could speak their own like kid language yeah and then for rick and i as well we're like oh okay so we're just working now Mm. yeah Yeah. great (laughs) yeah which i think was the same for everyone yeah and it was quite funny actually when i was teaching my classes that transition between kids at school to homeschool like some of the women that were coming online they started off being really fresh refreshed to me like oh this is me time to suddenly like having three kids hung off them yeah and yeah totally it's like we're like this all the time <laughs> far out yeah so what, what what are your um classes looking like you're doing like life drawing or just kind of still life or like um is it for young old all sorts just mixed sort of for everyone i'm doing um still life drawing botanical illustration Great. and i do sort of like a drawings basics mm. one as well which i really like i did do one painting course online but it didn't translate as well and i think it's because people really need to see like how you mix paint yeah. and how you use paint whereas drawing i'm able to sort of encourage people to learn how they hold their pencil and all of that sort of stuff well drawing's kind of two ingredients paper and pencil i mean yeah. you, you can get way more elaborative with like different charcoals and contes but it's it's a pretty simple thing like yeah even um as an oil painter i wanted to move to acrylic for one uh, oh, moment or or yeah. just play around with watercolors but then you've got to buy yeah. all the paints all the yeah. colors the different paper or canvas different maybe for water uh, watercolors different 
type yes. of brushes as well. So yeah, yeah I, I can see how that might not. Um, and for someone who might not have ever done it before, they're suddenly like, yikes. Yeah. How yeah. do I make that blue color? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So do, that's been good. Yeah. How do people get on board with, with your classes? Um, well, at the moment, it's sort of exclusively through CAE actually. Mm -hmm. So if they jump on the website and go through to the drawing classes, um, we're actually going to do the whole next quarter still online because yeah. everyone really enjoyed it. Great. Yeah. So yes, if anyone wants to check that out yeah. online at CAE, I think I've got a botanical illustration course starting next week. Great. How yeah. fun are plants to draw or paint? Oh, they're, um, yeah, they're wonderful. I, we, I just got an, or we just got an iPad over there. Oh, um, yeah. so I'm kind of learning how to draw on, it's so much nicer drawing on a, on a iPad. Well, not nicer, but you can just play with the colors and, and, uh, instead of like, I mean, if you want to play around with different color schemes, you've got to draw yeah. it like three or four times. Whereas. Do you know what? I've only literally, it's such funny timing. Last night was the first time I got a drawing tablet and connected it to our computer i've never done digital drawing before yeah i've only like last week i think well that, that was oh, just such the beginning. timing yeah. yeah did it feel really alien at the start to you i was like mm. <laughs> yeah i haven't done a lot of it yet but um just again just like smashing in color really quick and it's kind of a bit like aerosol or something like you can kind yeah. of do cutbacks really easily without waiting for drying time or anything anything yes. like that so yeah. if you make a bit of a mess it's just no issue to clean it up yeah. and i found that too it's funny i'm working on a um a commission for someone at the moment and i'm doing some little botanical sketches and you know traditionally i would draw all those botanical sketches out on a paper photograph them, put them into Photoshop, up the contrast or whatever, tweak them around. But, you know, if I mess one up, then it's that whole process of drafting. Mm. Whereas last night when I got it out, I drew, you know, a little sprig of lavender, didn't like one of the leaves. So I'm like, oh, yeah, control Z. Yeah, Let's do totally. that again. So yeah. good. So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> but I think it'll take me a while to feel a bit confident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, you were saying before you find it uncomfortable talking about your art. So I'm going to go straight <laughs> in there. Um, tell us about your art practice at the moment well, <laughs> what, what are you focusing um on um well I've, it's been funny because i've been doing a lot of murals or, or getting a lot of um i guess expressions for murals mm -hmm. so i've been doing sort there's of money in murals everyone listening like I've, no, I've figured out in the last few years like yes people spend thousands some sometimes on murals on but murals not on a not always on a canvas exactly mm. and it's really interesting um I think too now, and I guess like, you know, the culture shifts happen all the time, but people are actually thinking about how art can change the facade of something. Mm -hmm. And yes, you might spend, like even if you spend three grand transforming, you know, a main frontage, um, the impact that that has on the community and people that engage with it are, you know, it's priceless. Totally. Um, so that's what I found. And I think because my work is sort of like blocks of color and botanical, it's not like overly subversive or anything like that, mm. um, that I think people start to go, wow, you know, we could actually make something really beautiful. And at the same time, it means that it's less likely to be tagged. It yeah. adds a conversation, all of that sort of thing. Your work really lends itself well to murals because oh, it's just such you. a, um, yeah, it's a beautiful kind of like, I guess it's kind of minimal in, in a way. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, bot botanical mixed with, yeah, kind of flat colored geometric shapes that there's yeah. just a beautiful calming, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it sets a vibe. It really does. It's so funny actually because I was thinking about the murals doing with you and I was just flicking through like Instagram last night and I was like, we're going to do something awesome on a wall. And I think as well with both of our practices, I'm actually kind of looking forward to breaking up the minimal mm -hmm. i think like i think i feel kind of ready to like add yeah. some dimension to it which would be really cool yeah hell yeah no we'll, we'll make it happen yes. i've just been oh my god it's been so <laughs> frazzled no, i'm, I'm half insane. really busy and the other half is extremely lazy horizontal on my phone so <laughs> a bit of balance could make could make but it all happen and but. you've <laughs> also got to like kind of wait for the opportunity in a while like i did um one Banksy mural in Langatha, which was awesome. And that was, I really love that in particular because I basically got to choose what I wanted to do. Mm, and it's great. not often you get that opportunity. Um, and then the others that I've done as well, I've really loved, but that was more a collaboration with the person who was commissioning the mural. Um, 
but yeah, I think too, like waiting for the opportunities to come along and there's one project that I've pitched for at the moment with a local primary school and they've got two massive shelter sheds and I've done all the mock-up in Photoshop and now I'm just like, oh my gosh, please let me do this. Yeah. But you know, you sort yeah, of have yeah, to yeah. wait for that approval process. And yeah. A lot of primary schools have been commissioning murals lately. Well. Yeah. A few, a few of my friends have been. Really? Um, yeah. So go primary schools. Go primary schools. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I wonder, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm actually really excited too, speaking of schools. Um, I've just been engaged. I've got to sign the contract next week. But um, just been engaged by Frankston City Council to work with the local high school from your festival in March. Great. Yeah. To do what? Like a, a large mural? To do a large mural. Fantastic. Congratulations. So, thank you. Yeah. But yes, I think I'm going to work with 15 students. Mm-hmm. And the art teacher at Frankston High School is super sweet and super passionate. Um, um, and yeah, we're going to do a, a laneway mural in Frankston City so they can like, do something cool in their streets. But I think it's going to be fun. How wonderful. Yeah. yeah, that will be fun. When I was 15, I would have like killed to be able to do something like that. So yeah. yeah. It'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Because I, I, I paint murals for like ads for my day job. And, oh, um, yeah. yeah it, is, it is funny. You've got to remind yourself like when when little kids kind of walk past and they're just like looking with their mouth open, like that that could have a big impact on them. painting. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's... um. Always got to turn it on for the kids, I reckon. <laughs> the other thing for you too, and that lying down horizontal on your phone, is that's the other thing about like your job too, is like you're painting murals all the time, you yeah. know? Like you're painting a lot. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's um, it's a fun job. Yeah. It's a fun job. It's definitely um, kind of, I was so intimidated by murals uh, before before that job because it's um yeah it's 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 intimidating you know working from a studio which i'm sure you would have kind of and suddenly you've got like four meters by five meters yeah oh my gosh yeah Yeah. exactly but uh somehow a canvas might take a month and a huge wall will take four to five days it's really weird i don't have quite understood how that works how have you gone from transitioning from studio work to to outdoor in the sun yeah. Climbing up ladders. <laughs> Do you know what? It's quite funny. Thankfully, because of all my gallery work, I'm all, I'm very adept at ladders. Yep. With good. installs and changing lighting and stuff. So that part of it was fine. I think for me too, um, because my canvas work, well, similar to yours, your canvas work is really detailed. My canvas work was really detailed as well. Realizing that on a wall at a large scale, you don't need to put all of that time and hours into something to really make an impact. Exactly. And that's been a bit of a learning curve. And even still, like even when I'm designing murals in Photoshop, I kind of catch myself and go, you don't need to make this as complicated as Mm. what you're doing it. You know, you can still strip it back a little bit and still make it really impactful. Yeah. 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 So it's learning. Yeah, totally. Have you got, um, are you just drawing straight onto the wall or have you been kind of, playing around with different diff- because there's a few different techniques i mean some people project other people have you heard like kind of that that scribble technique i've never done it but it looks really it looks cool it looks cool i don't know it's how- kind of loose but also cool i'm like oh yeah yeah so you're not doing any of that kind of stuff no or- at the moment i guess too and maybe it's like a question of scale i've just been able to scale it by eye yeah um I well, that's or- the beauty of nature or natural yes. objects is like they can kind of go any way. Like I would not want to draw a face. Like I don't yeah. do portraiture anyway, but the thought of doing portraiture at like large scale and getting those proportions right is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, respect to yeah. large scale portrait <laughs> artists. Yeah. It's, uh, I hate portraits. I mean, I love portraits. I just, um, it's, I feel like portraits are a whole nother realm because mm. you can kind of get away with everything being a little bit off in almost any other subject, but you know, it's not hard to draw a face, but it's hard to make that face look like that person. And yes. it's nothing worse than a dopey looking portrait, don't you yeah. reckon? I hate oh, to and say. Especially it's, if it's at four meters, you just be like, oh. Yeah, with a yeah. slightly lazy eye or a, yes. a slightly too small nose. It, it, it can just, the chances of it going bad are just, increased by like a hundred. And that's why I think it's safer for me just to, you know, opt out of that for yeah, everyone. Same, yeah, same. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, you're right. Like the organic, the organic, um, and nature of the botanicals that I draw and the shapes and things like I'll do my mock-up beforehand and then you know once I've got my shapes in or my blocks of color then yeah sort of self-scale which is good mm, yeah. yeah 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 so yeah so you must have a, a, a huge love for nature especially growing up in such beautiful kind of um environment yeah um do you how, how how is your kind of planning process do you literally just kind of I mean your where you live just looks 
Like it's got all the inspiration you need. It is so beautiful. And it's interesting because I've always sort of looked at botanicals and flora that's endemic to a place as sort of being instilled with a sense of place. Mm -hmm. Um, So often when I'm either pitching for murals or painting murals, um, the inspiration I try to draw from the local area. So it's, and that's really lovely research for me too, like finding out, you know, all the sometimes very obscure little things that might only be in that area. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. And then try yeah. to honor that. And it was funny because um, down in South Gippsland, there are quite a lot of really old colonial murals okay. that were painted like, you know, in the eighties or something. Right. Um, and there's horses and carts and farmers and things. And even though like they were obviously at some point, a really important marker to that town as a sense of place, mine's kind of doing it a little bit more similarly, but in a much more organic, natural way mm. and a much less colonial way. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're looking at what's native to the area. How do we, you know, when you go past and see a big coastal bank, see how does that make you feel? And mm. yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it, there is totally a sense of home in a lot of like the Australian native plants that you that you paint. There's, um, yeah. I, I, can, I can totally see that, how, yeah, plants can really define a place yeah, yeah i guess i guess i've i kind of understood that but just on a subconscious level until you've said it right now yeah so yeah that's, yeah that's awesome yeah it's quite nice mm. it's yeah I, I like it and then it's nice for people too especially if they want to immortalize like even if it's doing a canvas immortalize something that's really special to them i think mm. it's quite lovely yeah 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 god murals are really kind of really picking up because i think there's been so many wonderful initiatives. I think like Juddy Roller, you know, mm. that kind of studio with all the silo art projects is just, and um, I don't know if it was them, but like, uh, was it the Banala? Oh, the Banala Festival. Banala Street yeah. Art Festival, yeah. which uh, I don't know much about Banala, but as far as I know, I think it was a, you know, pretty quiet town with not much tourism or anything. Yeah. And, and purely just from like commissioning 20 artists whatever it was yeah. to do large-scale murals now it's like a so then we all know about vanilla yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i went in there and it's so fun just to walk around <clears throat> sorry, wow yeah looking at these um these different um yeah it's like a the whole town's a gallery now that would be awesome but i guess and i guess too a reflection as well like even in your like day job work the fact that brands want to do hand-painted murals mm, instead yeah. of posters like that's pretty that's a pretty interesting indication of yeah like where murals sit yeah it's it's fun but yeah there's a lot of um i think there's a lot of hate from the street up community oh, for, uh, yeah. for the for the ad painting murals yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, but it's funny because like if you if they were put up a billboard yeah. No one would bat an eyelid, but yeah. if it's a if it's a mural, people people have a very strong opinion of it. So um, yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm. Yeah, Whatever. there's always going to be that, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, beats making coffees. Nothing against making coffees, but did it for I don't know how many years. It's funny though, because when I left coffee. And I, I sort of had been doing it supplementary on the side until I went full-time into Gallery World. Mm. But um, I got really sick of like lifting milk crates full of milk. I was like, yeah. oh, man, I'm just so sick of this. Whereas now I'm like shaking whole tins of paint. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, it's, you know, yeah. I was on about seven coffees a day when I was making them. Oh, wow. I, I just went yeah. turbocharged on the coffees. I was just Rizzo, like, <laughs> how are you like now with coffee? Have you had a... <laughs> Not that far off that. <laughs> like I have three coffees a day, but my coffees are like... We've got this awesome bricker. Have you seen a bricker? So it's like those Italian percolator ones. You know, oh, yeah. But this one's got like a pressure valve. So it like, oh. it doesn't trickle over. It builds up pressure and then spurts out like a so proper like espresso. espresso. Yeah, yeah. So I have about three of those a day and that's a double shot. So technically <laughs> I have six. Um, well, it's funny because I was the same. And especially when you're on a machine and you're dosing and stuff all the time. Whereas now I can only have two coffees a day. Yeah. And then that's my like my peak. Yeah, that, that's good. That's healthy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean they are double shots, so just that technically four. I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll just say two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like your three. So. Yeah, totally. But no, it's um, it is nice to. It's kind of hard to find jobs in in the arts. I find um, you know, we were, I was kind of applying, uh, looking at arts mm. hub and things, and it's so competitive because uh, yeah. particularly in Melbourne, there's no shortage of artists. Yeah, but there is um, I mean, there's there's almost even. A shortage of galleries like yeah not now i'm surprised more galleries haven't closed down which i'm so grateful for mm. during covid but um i remember maybe was it oh, probably like six or so years ago I remember richmond used to be like a proper hot spot of galleries there's yeah. this one street with they, like five there were or heaps six down there, weren't there? And, yes and yep. they all just kind of dropped off which is really unfortunate um yeah 
so yeah it's it's a funny one the gallery world you know there's it is and it was that was actually something that was really refreshing for me working in the galleries there weren't many artists that were artists full-time like so most people either had a partner that Mm -hmm. did the majority of the work so that they could paint or they were juggling jobs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And whether that was secondary school art teacher or, you know, making Mm. coffee or something like that or working at a university. Um, And that was because I think you sort of get build up in your head that you're like, yeah, full-time artist, blah, blah, blah. Um, Is this possible to suddenly go, wow, these are people that have really good reps and make really great work and the whole idea of a full-time artist is – got to be quite flexible in that thinking Mm. and i mean if flexible in the thinking like you know you're a full-time artist now you paint for work you paint with your own practice and that sort of thing and i sort of only in the last couple of weeks have gone wow like i'm kind of a full-time artist now isn't this interesting yes it's funny i haven't actually let that (laughs) sink in because yeah i've got a job and but it is like it's being paid to paint so yeah yeah it's um it's it's that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. made me happy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's And and I was the same because I was doing all this teaching and stuff and I was like, yeah, but I'm an artist. That's why I'm doing this teaching. And yeah. 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 Oh, how great. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, I was actually wondering, um, as you've worked within the galleries for like, uh, oh, yeah. 10 years, I'm wondering if there's any kind of, uh, if you care to share any do's and like real don'ts for artists that, mm. um, cause I'm sure, Every single gallery must get bombarded with people that yeah. just want to, you know. And and how else is an artist supposed to put their stuff forward yeah. without being a bit annoying? Yes. But I, <laughs> I, I can imagine, like, there's a fine line to balance between, um, you know, because sometimes the the annoying person gets gets what they want. If you don't if you don't yeah. leave that person alone, you're constantly in their mind, and and, and often they might begrudgingly give you that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but but I can also see that's a fine line that could go really, really Badly. bad. So yeah. do you have any insight? Um, the first one would be to look for opportunities within commercial galleries. So if they have call-outs for group shows, which does happen on occasion, mm-hmm. um, Flinders Lane Gallery, they have an emerging artist exhibition every year. Um, so if you're not represented, you can submit your work to be included this or is to e- exploration potential. yeah, exploration. yeah that, that was my um oh, my yes. first ever show out, out of uni so that's right massive thank you to to flinders lane gallery for that yeah that's right that was mm. before my time wasn't it i do remember seeing your name in the folders mm. yeah 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 <laughs> it's funny though something as something as small as that just completely changes changed my confidence mm. of um what you know like, oh, cool. I can do this. Okay, great. So. It was certainly one of my favorite shows. Like I think I helped curate six of them, mm. five of them. Um, and working with those artists, it really was like a game changer. Yeah. And even just being able to then help them like draft a proper CV, think about how they're doing their bio, all of that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. You could see them come away from it and just go, okay, we're ready. You yeah, know? Yeah. 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 Um, my thing would be, and it's such a heartbreaking process um applying for galleries you've got to have a pretty strong gut yeah um but from my experience the best is to be sort of as definitely as least annoying as possible right and these days i would always recommend emailing okay like there used to be some people that would come into the gallery prepared with their full folios and go i'm here i want to show you my things Mm -hmm. and you're just like like, um, i'm juggling like 500 things in the middle of something yeah yeah and you know, so I think emailing a folio of work, making sure you've got a good website that mm-hmm. actually has proper documentation of your work, um, a CV of an exhibition history, a bio and a contact, all of those things just to make it really easy for that gallerist or that assistant director to start to have, if they like your work, mm. to be able to easily access and look through your journey of creating and what you've got on offer at the moment. Is there any like big no's? Like that, just just like instantly, just like oh fuck off. <laughs> Definitely don't come in with a follow folio of all your paintings. Yeah, that's just. I, I did that out of uni. Oh no. I, I did it. I did the whole thing. I tried every every option. Oh yeah, yeah. and and it's hard because you want to try every option. The other thing is cold calling. Like don't cold call. Don't cold call because people like you know, always going to answer the phone, but again, could be in the middle of five things. And you're like, Oh, hi. So I'm an artist. As soon as you hear those words, you just go, Oh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Which is really, because I love artists and I yeah. want to support everyone. But, um, yeah, so definitely. Yeah. But like, you've got option. a job to do. You yeah. Know, you've, you've, you've got things on your schedule's busy anyway. Yeah. And the worst thing that you want to do is to show someone your work or to tell someone your name and then for that to have a negative 
a negative connotation. So if they see it in, again, go, oh, no, I think I remember that person. Right, and, right, yeah, right. So like, yeah. yeah, first impressions and First impressions things, and yeah. email and just be really informative and, yeah. Now that I think about it, it was the emailing that got me my first show. So oh, that, there you that, go. that yeah. is a proven method of, of working. It just means that people, like, I think with all art and to be able to appreciate art, people have to sort of come to it in their own time. Mm. Like there's not a lot of art that works when you're sort of throwing it in someone's face. Yeah. And I think when you give people the opportunity to go, oh, I've got five minutes and this email came through this morning, I'll have a look at their work. Right. Like that's a much nicer experience and a much nicer way to engage with that work as opposed to feeling pressured. And yeah. as far as like someone would format an email, um, would just like a link to the website or would that just be brushed over? Would you want to include uh, attachments or will that fill up your inbox? Like how? I would, I'd include a couple of attachments just, a few just of as best. an immediate. Yeah. yeah. And then in the body of the email, a bit about yourself, why you think the gallery would be good to show your work, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then a link to the website. Making it personal. I think yes. that's a good one. Exactly. Not a generic. <laughs> and that's actually, that's actually something that's really important is research the gallery you're applying for. Don't just copy right. and paste different emails and send out the whole thing. Like get to know the gallery stable. And is there an artist that you're similar to or will you be offering something really unique to the stable? Like yeah. how think about that. <clears throat> totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I often found um, some of the galleries that I really liked would house artists that I may have drawn influence from oh, or liked. Yeah. So I wasn't sure whether that might be, wow, you know, that – I already know what their taste is, mm. but it also might be, um, well, we've already got one of them. Yeah. You know? And I th- I, there can be a little bit of that. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like as long as you're sort of aware of it, then the right. colorist can work out. Because you never know. Like it might be that that person sells out every show and there's a whole backlog of people wanting to buy work. Right. And the gallerist might say, oh, well, actually this person has a very similar aesthetic, mm. really good work, blah, blah, blah. And you might actually be able to tap into that market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what are your kind of like, what, what's your favorite kind of art? What, what do you oh. enjoy looking at the most? Ooh. Is it similar to your style or is it compo- like polar opposite? I'm kind of, oh, do you know what? I'm kind of a mix. Mm. Like I love color. Mm-hmm. So it's quite funny because I love your work because I love your interpre- <laughs> interpretations of color and how, you know, color can create ambience and all that sort of thing. Um, I love indigenous painting. Yeah, same. And yeah, like, mm. and there's some incredible contemporary Indigenous artists that are mm-hmm. making some great work. Um, yeah, I think that sort of color, color and interpretation, and probably like landscape sort of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but not like your typical landscape. Like it could be, you know, sort of botanical or altered or abstract landscapes. Or yeah, right, right, right. yeah. That's so vague, isn't it? That was <laughs> no, really that's vague. Fine. I'm pretty vague <laughs> in my taste as well. It's kind of. Yeah, a mix of things that are exactly kind of like what I do and also just like refreshing break from from yeah. that, you know. So And I think that's it too. And I guess being around different art so much, like I love Lucas Grogan, for example. Yeah, he's great. And I think too yep. I love him because it's a limited palette. I love the illustrative nature of it. I love the word messaging and it's so mm-hmm. different to my work. But I love yep. like yeah, there's yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've actually found I, I really like a lot of um Crude's not the right w- a word, probably, but you know, a bit more um, mm. maybe crude, in- purposely crude, like yeah. you know, not not overly refined lines and stuff. Like it's all clearly hand drawn, and yeah. I like his stuff because it's very tongue in cheek, and he uses humor yeah. um, a lot, which uh, it's kind of a hard thing to pull off humor in fine art, isn't it? it? Is. Some people do it. Some <laughs> people do it really well, but um, yeah. You don't see humour expressed all that often. No. In fine art. In fine art. No, you don't. So no. it's quite not, like refreshing when you see it sort of done well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're kind of like you're you've done all sorts of kind of different things like with your art. And um mm. I've seen like uh you, you often play around with like photography as well. Like yeah. and, and a few um I've seen some fantastic photos that I assume is in Gippsland with like fire. You use fire yeah. a lot. There was a one, was it was it a couch? Yes. Yeah, just this like big <laughs> That was a really fun project. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. This big grand couch that's um and I think you put the uh the uh the photos kind of backwards. So it's starting yep. with uh so the flames are giving child. birth yeah. to a couch in the middle of this beautiful like landscape overlooking the rolling hills and the 
big tree nearby and yeah yeah i think i really i love that disruption mm-hmm. and i think whether it's using color as a disruption whether it's using a difference in line with disruption or like that photography some kind of disruption in the landscape i really like yeah um and photography is really good for that i find in testing those ideas mm-hmm. um and also doesn't limit you like i find as a painter like i've definitely got my style and i've definitely got things that i really love to paint um, but photography kind of opens that up a lot more. Yeah. 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 It must be nice just to kind of break up your practice as well. Yeah. It is mm. really nice and play do, around. Do you have to worry about like starting fires in the bush? <laughs> well, it was funny because there was a portrait that I did of myself with fire that was really close to the bush. And when I look back at those photos, I'm like, God, that fire actually got quite big. Mind <laughs> you, it was a completely legal fire. We're yeah. burning off in not peak, you know, fire yeah. season, all that sort of stuff. But Yeah. But again, with that one too, like I inverted the colors and I love that. I just love the, mm, yeah, yeah, disruption of landscape. Because sometimes with photography, you can't quite tell the depth of no. things. You can't quite see how, yeah. how close the bushes are. But, but yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're wonderful. Um, oh, thank you. Really cool works. Um, I, as I said before, I've just in the last few days been going through your Instagram to kind of yes. like familiarize myself with everything. And I saw you, um, you were, you got involved with uh, Spencer Tunick's oh, work yeah. a while ago. You looked like a, a Simpson, one of the Simpsons. Yeah, I did look yeah. like a Simpson. Yeah. I was very yellow. <laughs> so, um, uh, probably just in case people don't know, like who is Spencer Tunick and how did you get involved with that large scale uh, project? It was, it was pretty amazing. Spencer Tunick is an American photographer and interesting with that, like thinking about the disruption of landscape, he mm. uses the human form to disrupt landscape, whether it's natural or man-made or built. Um, and usually, like not exclusively, but usually the naked form. Mm. So like masses of people in the nude. Like hundreds. Like hundreds. thousands maybe? Yeah, I don't thousands. know. Like there's some that are just like he did the, seas oh. of naked people in the streets yeah. or, or in the landscape. It's, he did. I can't remember when he did the steps of the opera house. Yeah, was I was looking that, at that today. Was that in the early 2000s, I think? Not sure when, but yeah. Yeah, that was thousands. That looked like thousands, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I mean, so he's, yeah, he's, he's like world famous. He's, he's like in, in... Well, travels the world, yeah. does yeah. projects at different sites, like, mm. you know, churches, political, like, all mm-hmm. sorts, yeah, in deserts. Um, so, yeah, he got commissioned. So, yeah, I think he was out here. It was either late 90s, maybe it was late 90s, um, and got commissioned by Chapel Street Precinct to come out for an arts festival that they were having in winter 2018 Mm -hmm. um and they did a call out and said if anyone would be interested in being part of a spencer tunic installation you've got to do the submission process and you had to say like did you you say in the late 90s no in oh sorry right in 2018 yeah yeah yeah. sorry i was like sorry sorry yeah i just had a flashback (laughs) he was he was last here in the late 90s right yeah came back in 2018 yeah um and interestingly, 15,000 people applied Australia-wide. 15,000? Yeah. Where was the call out? Where, where did you find that? Where did I see it? I actually think I saw it on somewhere like Arts Hub. Yeah. So they re- they picked it up and published it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he only was doing two art pieces across two different days. So there were only 800 spots. Okay. Um, and I was just got really lucky and was one of those 800. Um, and he was doing two days, one that was with everyone in colour um, and one that was everyone in just like draped with red silk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got picked to go on the day with the colour. And it was kind of cool. Like a woman had flown down from Brisbane just to be part oh, of shit. it. And cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool. So I just sort of went on my own and um, it was a really great experience. Like yeah. we had to strip off, paint ourselves. Do it, it all yourself? You didn't have like makeup artists or anything like no, that? No, we got given like this pot of paint and like sponges, had to do it all. And then we had to find someone else because there was purple, blue, green, red and yellow. And you had to find someone else that was your color to like help do your back. Oh, okay. Because you yeah. couldn't touch like with your hands any other colors. So you didn't go with any mates or anything. You're just like, oh, that's... And most Thanks people, good on you. but most people are on their own because of the selection process. Even if you applied with a friend, there wasn't guaranteed you'd end up with them. Right. And that was actually kind of fun. Like I ended up with these four women who, you know, we were just sort of like chatting and laughing about it. And like, that was kind of nice. Yeah. Was it awkward? Like kind of, or just everyone's in the same, everyone's in the same thing. So it's just like, yeah, this is what's happening. It's actually amazing how normalized it is. Right. And I wondered if that was because of the color, like mm-hmm. that it added like a layer of, 
I, I don't know. It just it wasn't like you yeah. were looking at naked people. It yeah. was just like, oh, there's a yellow person and yeah. there's a blue person. Mm. Um, and I think because we were all doing it together, like none of it felt pervy. None of it felt, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also bloody cold. Like it was <laughs> Yeah, I think, I, I think you said that on your, your yeah. capture. <laughs> so, you know, so mostly we just were like paying attention to what we had to do, get on site and to not make it drag out any longer than it had to because it was yeah. so cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. That sounds, yeah, that, that must be a great experience to be part of some, such a large scale kind of, yeah, unusual performance for the sake of art, you know, big yeah. collective thing. I like to think that I'm not a prude, but I, I, I don't know how I go. <laughs> how you go with 400 other people. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the color would help. I think the color would help. Yeah. The color helped, but mm. also too, I think seeing bodies on mass, like we've all got bodies yeah. and everyone looks so different and unique and you kind of, yeah. What's well, weird. Like, I mean, when I was doing uh, life drawing, like yeah. through high school and through uni, uh, you just have a totally different matter of factness about it all when, when you, when it's in that art, art Context, you look at it so differently, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're just looking at like planes and shapes and light and, and stuff. Form, it's just yeah. yeah, and form. It's not really like, yeah. It's it's just a whole different perception, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah. Good on you for being part of that. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I am really glad that I was. It was hilarious. Was there um, an after party, <laughs> or was it everyone just go home? We were so tired and cold. Yeah. Um, but we did get sent part of being part of the project is we got sent a proper photo at the end of it. So after he chose like the final photo from the shoot and we were in sort of an internal car park that had all this graffiti around the edge. Um, and that was really cool. And I love that like, because there weren't thousands of people, like I could see straight away really clearly where I was. Oh, cool. And that's yeah, yeah, quite yeah. cool. Yeah. Was, was it every person grouped in colors or was it all just kind of mixed? Like everyone uh, mixed up? I haven't seen the final. Um, oh, the yeah. final one. Um, we, we ended up doing a couple of different shoots on the day. So there were some times we were all mixed. There were mm. some where he was like, okay, all yellows, all blues, some different ones. But the one that he chose as the final was all of us lying down on our backs in this car park, all mixed up. In a car park in the cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what you want. <laughs> yeah. In, in oh, Pran. How, how good. That sounds, that sounds really fun though. Like it sounds, um, it sounds like a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was fun. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And like you said, just again, like the opportunity to work alongside like a world renowned artist. Did you and get to meet him at all? Or? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he came in and spoke to us beforehand. Um, and then he was up on like a cherry picker during mm. the shoot but had a megaphone and spoke to us, like gave us direction. Um, but then he was around afterwards. So we got to have like a selfie and chat yeah. about it. And cool. Cause I guess like he was, he was saying too, he's like, you need to take this at the start. It was like prefaced with, got to take it seriously. There are mm-hmm. rules, all that sort of stuff. But at the end, I think for him as well, he just felt so excited to be able to do the project and that people wanted to do the project. And that was really nice. Yeah. Have yeah. you been involved in any other kind of, um, you know, other people's art projects like that? You seem like you're very involved in, in <laughs> all sorts of stuff. I mean, even with your, your curation, I saw uh, you were like hanging Picasso prints and things. Oh, yeah. That, you? And like, yeah, that was funny. That's through, um, I, I'm actually doing an install tonight at Mario's oh, great. on Brunswick Street. Yeah. Great. Um, and that's funny. It's one of their friends and he's a, like a collector and usually would go to Europe and scour and buy stuff. And mm. yeah, so that was fun. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so I get to hang on shows and be around a lot of work, but. Be yeah. around a lot of really top, top yeah. quality work. Some things, yeah. 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 That's great. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Um, so if anyone, yeah, I mean, we kind of went over it, but like, it, um, you offer arts management. Um, we were talking about. Uh, a bit of advice for how artists could kind yeah. of find their feet. Um, I would recommend that you are the one-stop shop for <laughs> maybe, I mean, any artist really, mid-career, early career or anything. But um, I think even particularly like a, a fresh out of uni, I think we really need more mm. avenues of how, how we can foster and, and help our creatives grow because, yeah. you know, let's face it, the gallery system is a select kind of, yeah, there's only a handful that, yeah, that can that, be re- that can, represented. Well, yeah. just, galleries, there's only so many galleries and uh, only so many artists can be with each gallery. So there, there yeah. does need to be more ways. So um, It's interesting because I have actually got in contact with, well, I started with RMIT first about offering an elective in oh, cool. at, at an undergrad level because mm. I just thought it is just so important and it's something that very clearly 
I wasn't exposed to when I was doing my undergrad. I, w- I wish I wish there yeah. were more classes that were a bit more hands-on practical career advice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know, the university and the arts right now, post-COVID, maybe mm. we'll see how that goes. Right. Just because of the the cutting back of funding. But um yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely needed. So if someone was to get in contact with you, what what what's your kind of services that you can offer? Yeah, well, um, I guess from the from the Arts 11 side, definitely website development and mm-hmm. content building. So whether you just need a hand, you know, documenting artworks, working out how to format things, whether you actually want copy written, so bio, CV, things like that. Um, the other thing as well. Bio is oh, such yeah. an, sorry, it's <laughs> yeah. such an important thing that um, oh. most, or so many artists friends that I know don't um, know how to quite properly do it and put it off, put it off, put it off. Yeah. And having a good artist statement is so important. You need it. And if you don't, if you can't do it, get someone to do it for you. Exactly. (laughs) And this is saying, I know, and uh, you know, some people kind of brush it off and go, oh, but my work speaks for itself. And I was like, well, no, in this climate, you need to be able to talk about your work. The artist's got to do everything. Their own marketing, their own writing, their own, you know, so yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, but yeah, absolutely. Bios, definitely. Um, Writing for grants, writing for exhibitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I sort of encourage anyone to sort of get in touch. And if they want to have a look on the website, it's www.arts11.com.au. Great. And everything's sort of on there. Yeah. Do you think you would ever open up your own gallery, Melanie? (sighs) You've got all you've got all the ingredients. Well, do you know what's funny <laughs> is at the moment I'm actually really enjoying like my own practice. Yeah. Yeah. But I also know that I don't know if I'll be painting murals when I'm 45. Mm-hmm. You know, like you start to it's think taxing. about the physical. Yeah, yeah. So And do you use aerosol? At the moment I just do brush. Yeah, same. Do you just do brush? I just do brush. I'm I'm scared to death of aerosol. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've tried a few times. It's embarrassing. Oh, have you? See, I've 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 done aerosol like small scale, like Mm -hmm. just stencils and stuff. But yeah, 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 just by brush. We don't need to worry about the fumes too much then. Yeah, no, (laughs) fumes will be fine. But yeah, like maybe at one point I would. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. I think I like having the strings to the bow, so that you know, even if my practice is sort of taking the lead at the moment, you know who knows when that I could always switch and, you know, I can change that dynamic a bit. Mm. Are you working on a body of work or anything or an exhibition or you're just kind of enjoying? I've been too busy with murals. Yeah. Great. Great. (laughs) It is good. It's funny because I've had quite a few commissions and then I've had quite a few murals and I've got a feeling that they will probably keep me busy until March. Mm. But then I was thinking after that, I would like to actually create a body of work. Right. Because the one thing murals have been is like when you're spending so many hours on a wall and because I do it by myself, like I'm always thinking about things and I feel really ready to get sort of back to canvas and pull together an exhibition, I think. Mm. It is fun though, isn't it? Because there's public interaction, you've got the sun on your shoulders. I mean, there's shit things about it too, like the the weather. The weather. um, And it can just be like... Even in Lee and Gather, I found like the whole street goes really dead like after 3.30, particularly in peak COVID. Mm. So like you're there on your own in the street just. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Yeah. But yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you so much. Was there anything else that you wanted to kind of like, how do people like find you? Um, What's your website or your Instagram? How do people buy your work? How do people buy your work? Well, at the moment, if anyone wants to commission murals, totally on that bandwagon. Great. Um, Otherwise, I actually don't have a lot of work in stock at the moment, but I really do love taking on commissions. So even if there's something that I've done that's sold, if people are like, can you do something similar? I've been doing a bit of that. Great. Um, so yeah, Instagram is Melanie underscore Capel and website MelanieCapel.com. Fantastic. And Arts 11. Get oh, on yeah, Arts and 11, Arts 11, yeah. depending on which way you're leaning. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. And thank sorry you. it took so bloody long for this to happen. Oh, that's stuff. right. I'm actually really glad you came because it was really nice to see you. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And I hope you got something out of this one for some tips on your own career. But um, take it easy. Thanks, guys. Bye.